<laughs> so yeah, I mean, nutrition is just such a big piece of your overall, not only physical appearance, but mental, your mental health is just, it's, it's mind blowing. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. Thank you for coming back to listen and thank you for sharing and thank you for all of your wonderful comments as I continue to share this message of hope through recovery and through just a a journey that many of us go through of struggle. And there's always hope and there's always hope for a better tomorrow. And today, one of my friends who I've met along the way is uh, joining us today as a guest. And um, as many of you know, I am, if you listen to this podcast, I do have a wellness business and uh, have been uh, partnered with a company called Shackley for the last 21 years or so. And I met Jen. Um, in that company. As many times happen when we're on trips or in meetings, um, I meet other people and um, we just, we become friends and connected and things like that. And I've, I followed Jen. I knew that she had some struggles. I knew that I didn't see her with Shackley for a while. She left Shackley. She came back. She's been on a journey. Um, At that journey has been around helping herself through her struggles of depression. And today I wanted to bring her on and to share her story with us. And as many have done, as they've gotten through their struggles, they found a way to help others um, with what they've learned and things like that. So Jen Deby, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here and I'm just really thrilled to have this conversation today. I'm really excited too. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to share the story and, and, hopefully give hope to other people who struggle just like I do. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and that's what we start with. We start with the story, um, what you're comfortable sharing with, um, with your struggles, with your life, um, kind of how things, I guess, many times I say, just, you know, talk about how things began or how they got started or when you first saw the struggles and things like that. And you don't have to, again, just share what you're comfortable with. And um, as you go along, we're going to talk about how, again, you've gotten to your place today and starting a company to help other people and to bring awareness. And also we're going to talk about nutrition and things again, that have helped you along the way. So let's talk um, again, let's start, start with your story. Did you okay. come with? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so in 1998, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety and major depression. Uh, I had just gotten married about a month and a half prior. But the interesting part about it was that a lot of people ask me, they're like, oh, was it the marriage? <laughs> like, no, it wasn't <laughs> <Right>. getting married. <laughs> it wasn't that. But the interesting part was that I really think I've struggled since I was a child. And I, there was just no, you know, label for it, or there was no diagnosis for it. But looking back and talking to my mom, she's pointed out a lot of things that I used to do when I was younger. 
Uh, it just so happened to come a month after I got married. And uh, I basically woke up in the morning after a series of mornings of just really struggling to get out of bed, questioning, you know, what is my purpose? Why do I feel this heaviness on my chest? Why am I like, I, I just felt like I was walking through mud and I felt like I just... I just didn't want to go on. And on that particular morning, I remember waking up and going into the bathroom where my husband was getting ready for work. And I just said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I can't go to work. You can't go to work because there's this overwhelming fear of death that just overcame me. Like I felt like the second he walked out the door, he was going to get in a car accident or if he left, I was going to die. Or I just, it was a very dark feeling of just a lot of, you know, darkness, a lot of death. Um, he's like, you've kind of been going through this for a little while. You know, that once you get up and get ready for work, you get to work, you're fine. Everything will be all right. I'm like, okay, okay. I'll try. But I really inside was thinking, no, I can't do, I I really can't do this. Uh, He went to work and he said, he'd call me when he got back. Well, I climbed back into bed and just lost it. I mean, I was uncontrollably crying. I didn't want to call into work and tell him I wasn't coming. I just literally didn't. I just wanted to shut the world off and not tell anything, anybody, anything. But something inside me told me that this wasn't a normal feeling to have. And that it was, it was just so scary to feel that way that I, I looked up the crisis hotline. And so I gave, I gave the suicide crisis hotline a call and they, you know, they were asking me questions and why do you, why do you want to call? And I said, literally, I want to get in my car and just drive past my exit of where I was working and just keep driving and drive off a cliff and let nobody know where I was. And they're like, okay all right, we have help for you. So they immediately got me in to see the doctor right away. And I went through a series of tests and, and things. They, they basically just asked me a bunch of questions and then um, proceeded to find me a therapist and then put me on a medication, which the hardest part with that was that because they don't test you, you know, like blood work, they don't, they don't do any brain scans or anything like that. They just kind of prescribe what is the most popular that helps the most people. So that was a journey of several years of trying to find the right medication that would work for me. And basically every medication that I started on, you'd have to go for eight weeks. If it wasn't working by then, then you'd have to wean yourself off of that one. And then they'd put you on a different one. Um, So that was just a constant series of months on on months on months. Throughout the year, though, however, I did end up having some times where I would feel okay. Wasn't feeling great, but I would feel okay. So I'd stay with that medication. And then, you know, what I realized was over the course of a year, about six months out of the year, I would really be struggling hard. And um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of reasons they thought that could have been, it could have been hereditary, which a lot of people in my family struggle with depression and anxiety. My dad, I believe struggled. He passed away a year later, actually with a brain tumor, but he was never diagnosed with it. However, every December he went to the doctor thinking he was having a heart attack. And the doctor just kept saying, Oh, it's stress. Nope. It's just stress. And so, but 
to us today, now it's like, oh, he was probably having panic attacks or he was having, you know, an anxiety attack. But back then we just didn't talk about that stuff. So that's kind of how my journey started um, and finding the diagnosis of it. But um, another thing that they thought was possibly it was caused by food poisoning, because now they're talking about the gut and the brain, how they kind of, they correlate. Um, I started to look into more holistic um, therapies that would help with depression and anxiety. And they say a lot of the serotonin um, is created in your gut. And so I went to a more holistic route of foods and supplements. And that's why we ended up meeting each other through Shackley, because I found that a lot of their supplements were helping, you know, with that gut, that gut and serotonin connection. So, um, yeah, so it's just been a really long journey of trying to really figure out how to combat the whole depression, anxiety, even though I struggle still to this day, it's just the, the effects of it are a little bit lessened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, what I've heard before I heard from you and I've heard before from others is that um, is that, that period of time that you have to just continue to try to look for a medication because everybody's different, you know, every, you know, you and I, if we were the same age, I mean, we're different genetically, we're different. And so a medication isn't going to work the same for you that it's necessarily going to work for me. And there's also like, if you look at depression or there can be bipolar, there could be, you know, anxiety, there's like all of these things. So it's not just, you got one thing and then you take one medication. And I have a friend who um, bipolar for many, many years. And she said it took her about 10 years to find or 10 years or 10 medications or I think 10 medications. And she finally, the 10th one, she's like, okay, that's yeah. it. Cause she could really feel the difference. And that's the shame of it because it is that it, we, you know, they take a while to work, right. To see the impact. Exactly. And then if they're not working, then you can't just stop them cold Turkey. It's just really quite a, it's a process. A, that's a for process sure. and a dance. Yeah, definitely. There is one thing that I did come across though, which one of my friend doctors who is a holistic doctor did recommend, and it's a saliva test. And so I was given that option um, to do a saliva test and it helps you kind of determine which psychiatric drug would actually work with your body. And that was a huge breakthrough for me too, because I was always on an SSRI, which is like Prozac, Zoloft, those kinds of um, medications. And what that test came back and said was my body doesn't metabolize that. Well, for 15 years, I was taking Prozac plus another medication, mm -hmm. because that second medication actually was working, but the first one wasn't. And so it was super eye opening. And then once I, once I was able to pinpoint that, then I could fit, find the right category of, of drug that helped. And so that's been super helpful because now I, I know which one it is that right. works, you know? And I think the other tricky part of it is, is that once you do find the medication, people find out that they feel really good. And then they're like, oh, I don't need to take it anymore. I'm normal. I feel normal again. Yes. <laughs> That's, I've gone, I've gone down that road several times and it's like, oh, okay. It's just like any other disease that you might have. If you have to take a medication, you know, I went through that shame of, I shouldn't have to take a medication. I shouldn't have to, I should be able to control my mind. I should be able to just change my thinking and therefore I don't need a medication. And so I went through that shame, especially when you go down a holistic route 
there's a lot of functional medicine doctors that don't necessarily believe that medications are the best option. And, and that can be a controversial topic to talk about, you know, for me personally, I just feel like if I don't have it, it's, it's not a very good quality of life. So, so I find that it's very beneficial for myself, but that's Mm -hmm. a personal, you know, that's a personal journey for everybody to figure out. Right. And I, yeah, I think that that's the important thing to hear is that it has to be your choice and just to be educated enough to, you know, again, look into things. I mean, I know with our daughter, um, we tried to do things naturally for a couple of years with her eating disorder and with her anxiety related to that and um, different supplementation. And as one of the dietitians said to her, you know, that's fine. But when you have some medication, it just kind of makes things a little bit easier. You know, when you're going through you're processing through things or trying to make your changes or feel better when you have a medication, it just kind of, you know, gives you a little extra edge, right? A little, little advantage to maybe not work as hard as you're doing whatever else you're doing. So, I mean, with my background in nursing and then in wellness, there's certainly a place for, for all of it. Um, and I think, you know, like my daughter had some genetic testing done too, and they, it points out, it sounds similar to that saliva test. It, it points out what things she shouldn't be taking, what things, you know, are okay that, like you said, she'll either metabolize or do well with, and it kind of, then it narrows it down, like keep these out. And then these are ones that you could try these hosts of, cause there's all kinds of medications. So That is just, that's exactly right. I mean, we are all so completely different. So what works for me may not work for another person who's struggling, but one of my biggest missions is just to be able to talk about it so that the stigma of, you know, the mental health, whether you're actually diagnosed or you're just going through um, a season in in your life where you're going through depression or, or, you know, whatever it be. um, I just, that's my biggest thing is that we need to talk about it so that we can know that we're not alone and we can say, Oh, that worked for you. Well, maybe I'll try that. Or Mm -hmm. this didn't work for me, but it might work for you. You know, that's, I just, I hate the, the definite things for people. I feel like there's so much out there where people like, well, if you would just do this, then that would work. Mm -hmm. Or if you would just, you know, if you just go to bed sooner or (laughs) all all those things, you're like, but really though, I don't know if that would work for me. So it is a personal journey for sure. Well, and I've seen, you know, because I've had, when you said, you know, I just can't do this anymore. Like I've heard that in this house before. I've heard it from a couple of my children, not just my daughter who people know about through this podcast, but through a few of my children. And I don't know what that, I don't know what that feels like. Like Mm -hmm. I have had times where, I've had a struggle in my marriage or I've had, or I've been on the floor, you know, very hopeless, you know, with my daughter struggling. I I get that, you know, but I don't, I've never had that like real feeling of like, I can't do this anymore. And so it's hard for, you know, and, and me, the mother who's like, come on kids, or I'm the positive one that saying, just do this and just do this and just do this. I've had my daughters tell me a few times, you know what, that's not helpful. It's really not helpful. And so you don't, because I haven't been there, that's why it's so Mm -hmm. wonderful when somebody like you, as you continue to go through it and you've learned that you can share that message with other because you've been there, you know? I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with that when somebody says to me, and I just get scared as a mom or a friend, like, uh, you know, they do, I mean, I wondered a few times, 
several times if I would open the door to my son's room when I hadn't seen him for a while and if he'd be alive, you know? I mean, it's a scary feeling, a place to sit in. Um, And so I wonder about that, like with your husband, he obviously, you met each other, you fell in love, you got married, but how did that, because I talk about those relationships here, because I know that with my daughter and I, it has been difficult. This relationship has, has changed throughout the year because of her struggles. Like, how has that been with, with your husband and, you know, your relationship there? That has definitely, I I mean, honestly, I felt so bad the month after we got married and then this happened, you know, I get this diagnosis and he's like, what is this? Like, (laughs) so yeah, to think about the supporting person who has to now try to navigate and figure out what are the right things to say and what are the right things to do for you. We definitely have had our ups and downs, and I've been very, very blessed that he has stuck by my side because, I mean, my my kids struggle too. I have a couple of them that really have gone through the depression and the anxiety and and OCD, and even though I I deal with it on a on a regular basis, it's almost hard for me to even know what to do sometimes because. I'm the one that's depressed. Like I know what to do for myself when I'm depressed. I don't know what to do for you. Cause like, I just, you know, we just talked about everybody's so different. I, but I do know that definitely one of the things that I kept telling my husband, when we were going through this in the early phases, I'm like, you just, I don't want you to fix it. I know you're a fixer. Men typically like to be the fixer, but I don't want you to, because I just need somebody to listen to what I'm going through and then just hold me and just hug me and tell me it's going to be okay. And to just love me where I'm at. And then if I need more then I need, then I'll, then I'll let you know. But right now I just, because I can't even process why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And those thoughts are so dark. I literally feel like something overcomes you because they're there. It's not rational thinking by any means. Like there is just, no rational thought in there. You're thinking, if I speak up, somebody's going to think they know right from the start, I'm crazy. They think that I'm a lunatic or, you know, I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody because I'm typically that happy-go-lucky person. So if I'm not that, I don't want people to see me the other way. And so my safe space is at home. So when it is with my family, I don't want to be critiqued. I don't want to be told what I'm supposed to do because I feel like even though even though I do need assistance in getting help, sometimes I need help to get to a therapist or I need somebody to push me to go outside. You know, it's it's a really delicate thing to to work through. And mm-hmm. so that's another part of it is like when I started this company, the other part of it is I'm organizing a 5K and I want people to be able to be recognized as the supporter so that they can connect with other support people because that's a hard role to live up to mm-hmm. and know what to do. And there isn't no, there isn't a rule book out there that says, if you do these steps, this is going to fix everything. It's just not out there. So I have another one where people can pick a certain color and they can be the person that's recognized as the fighter. And so then you can connect with other people who may be struggling or you can run in memory of someone. And that way you can connect. I'm just trying to figure out ways to connect with people because I feel like it is so new. And because mental health is such a big topic, especially now after COVID, 
we need to figure out ways that people can connect with each other who are going through certain uh, similar circumstances and be able to, you know, express that's, that's what your wife does, or that's what your husband does. Like if my husband, I know my husband has gone through some periods of depression himself when he got fired from his job or whatever, and they react completely different than females do, which, um, you know, women typically they isolate and they cry and they, you know, they just withdraw from a lot of things. Men typically get angry and they turn to substances more often than females do. And men are more likely to commit suicide than females are. And it's just, it's such a broad topic that there isn't one, one go-to, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But it's again. good, but it's good that you, again, we'll talk about your company in a second, but it's really good that you're looking into that so that you can, again, be this, this place that people can come to, to understand. And they're like, oh yeah, that's, you understand yeah. me. And, you know, there is such an importance. And I've talked about this on the podcast of, you know, places like Al-Anon, places like, you know, codependent no more, you know, places that you can go to that, like I can go to that I'm that support person for somebody yeah. that has addictions or struggles or things like that. And I can sit in that room and go, wow, I get it. I thank you. I needed that today. Thank you. I needed that today. Right. You know, because I hear like, oh, they're going through the same thing that I've gone through. Um, I wanted to ask you too, just because this made me think of it when you said it, like when my daughters come home before, like after, like, as she's come out of treatment, you know, we've talked about different, like, um, like words or like, um, sing signals or things like that, that she, like, if things were like, if it was the red, green, you know, red, yellow, and green light, or like things like Mm -hmm. that, that like, she could tell us like, okay, I'm having a red light day, or I'm having a this, or are those things that you've kind of established with your family to, you know, that, that have, that are helping them know, because I know, again, when there's crisis around as the outsiders, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. But if there's that kind of like, okay, well, this is means this, like, let me just go cry or let me go. Like, do you, have you established those with your, your kids yeah. and your husband? Yes. Over the years, we, I have definitely established some things and they realize now, like if mom's in her room, laying in her bed, uh, you have to kind of tiptoe in and say, are you feeling okay? Or do you need, are you on like this? Um, you need a moment. <laughs> And then, so then I'll let them know, you know, and then also some of my things that I say is I'm really just having a blue day today. I'm just blue. I'm just down. I'm just, or I'm super tired. I don't feel good. Those are some things that come up on a regular basis, just because if I don't feel good, it's mainly anxiety probably is the case. It's like, I'm just, my stomach's in knots. I don't feel good. And so they can, but they can also tell on my face because like I said, I've, I'm typically a happy-go-lucky person and I'm usually smiling a lot. And so when I'm not smiling or if I'm real low energy or if I'm not out of bed at a certain time to go work out, they're like, uh-oh, mom's not, mom's not doing well, you know? And a lot of times they'll just come and give me a hug or they'll say, do you want to go sit outside and talk? Or So they've learned those cues. And I think it's it's really cool that they have, but then in the same sense as a mother, I'm like, gosh, that's crazy that my kids have to do that to me, you know? And so that kind of, that's another thing that I've had to work through 
with this because of the shame and the guilt and that I'm supposed to be the adult, but yet here's my 13 year old going, you okay today, mom? You know, it's just kind of a weird, a weird position to be in. But I, no, I understand that because I, you know, my son who just walked in here, um, you know, he's our youngest and he's, there were many a times that I said, can you just finish making dinner or, you know what, I'm going to be home. Can you like, just make yourself some mac and cheese or like, there were just times that I needed to say, and he kind of had to grow up a little sooner than, um, and I felt again, kind of bad about that too. Cause you're kind of, but the fact is the guy, I mean, if he had to live on his own now, he certainly knows how to do that. I mean, he knows yeah. his way around the kitchen. He makes great meals. He is a girlfriend will make meals. He'll make, I mean, he makes a great batch of chocolate chip cookies. I mean, nice. he loves meatloaf. So, I mean, there's as a result. And I just also give you credit for just setting that up because I have lived in a family, grew up in a family where we didn't talk about the bad stuff. And thus yeah. I moved into college where that's when I had my struggles with an eating disorder. Cause I wasn't really sure how to talk with other people and share my stuff with my mother or my father. And yeah. thus I struggled and I brought that into my marriage and my family too. And so I've learned over the last seven years is that there's been times that I've come home and I've had a crappy therapy session with Anna or just something's happened and, and I go outside and they, somebody's playing ball with the dogs. And I just, they're like, how are you mom? I'm like, I cry, you know, I, I'll say yeah. that. I'm just, yeah. I'm really not good today. It's, you know, and sometimes one of them will go and open, it's like, and he'll, one time, and I don't advocate this, but I just have (laughs) to say it. It's just, it's really cute. Because there was one time that I was talking about that and, and Tommy goes, so red or white mom? Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. So he just went and opened a bottle of red or white. I said, well, there's white in the fridge. You can just open that. So sometimes, but again, it's, it's the fact that you're there for each other and that support and that help. And yeah, it is, it is unfortunate that sometimes our kids are doing things at an earlier age or or just doing them in general when we didn't, yeah. we were hoping that they didn't have to, but the right. fact is they do. And if you can, it's really good to have that type of system that cues those different things so that they can help you. And I feel like those on the outside, they want to help, but yeah. they sometimes don't know how to. Right. No. Exactly. And sometimes they, yeah, they don't know how. And so they just don't say anything. And then that's when the depression and anxiety, you're like, they think I'm crazy. They don't want to be my friend. They go into their oh, own, I, you know, they'll have their own type of, you know, issues themselves and yeah. feeling like scared and anxious yeah. and things like that. So, you know, having that awareness and talking, it really is. It is not easy to do but it's so good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about nutrition. Like what, when we, a little bit of that, you know, gut brain or, you know, just, just the importance of nutrition and like, what have you learned along the way? Or, you know, just, yeah, we could talk about that yeah. a long time. I know, but just, you know, kind of maybe in general, those, the things that you've learned along the way, just that, because you and I are on the same page of the importance of really good nutrition and Mm -hmm. certain things to keep out and certain things to make sure you have. Yeah. What can you share about that? Yeah. It's actually pretty interesting when you start to dive into nutrition, because a couple of years ago, when I started with Shackley, I would do a lot of lives. And, and one of the things that I did a live on was the foods that I was craving and I was working out a lot and, and I felt good physically 
and mentally, but I was kind of mentally exhausted also. And what I found was when I was in a depression or when I had anxiety, I was craving foods that had the vitamins that my body was lacking. And when you start talking about depression, you know, fish oil is a huge one for your brain. Um, so I, I've incorporated that. I've not been a good fish eater. So the supplement has been a big, big help for me on that, as well as magnesium is a, is a really good one. Be complex when it, when you come to anxiety, that one I have found my body rockets through the B vitamins. And that was something they had told me right in the beginning too, was like, you want to, uh, you want to increase your B vitamins. And then they gave me a whole long list of, you know, B6, B12. I was like, my goodness, I didn't even know there were that many, <laughs> but yeah. But so then I found Shackley and they had a B complex. I was like, oh, it has all of them in there. So I'll just take a bunch of those. So, um, but that, that helps so much. And, um, you know, berries, when you start talking about natural foods, um, the berries are so good for the antioxidants and that's just good mood foods. Um, you can, you can find them all over the internet. If you just look up good mood foods, um, you'll find a list of raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, walnuts are a good one, flax seeds, like there's just a whole long list of them. So it's super important. My son, um, we had to go to the holistic doctor because he had ADHD, OCD, mood disorder. I mean, he had a whole laundry list of things that was going on in third grade and they removed the dyes from all of his food. Um, we removed gluten. We just basically took out all the, the things that possibly could affect your mood and your behavior. And then we had to plug them back in to see if that made a difference. And what we discovered with my, my um, son was that it was the red dyes. It was the caramel coloring. It was the gluten. Those things were terrible. The second he would ingest it, it was like his pupils dilated and <laughs> off the wall. I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, nutrition is just such a big piece of your overall, not only physical appearance, but mental, your mental health is just, it's, it's mind blowing mm -hmm. what it is. And when you start to get in those funky areas where you are just starting to feel depressed, your body is craving sugar and carbs and all that gross stuff that that you shouldn't have. And it just takes you down and it makes you feel more lethargic. And so, um, I, I do give into that sometimes, but you know, I know better. And so when I'm in a really bad place, if I start to do those bad behaviors where I'm drinking too much wine and eating too much carbs or not working out, well, I'm not treating my body and my mind right. You know, so I need to make sure that I have, I have a list of things of self-care things that I need to be doing in order to make myself better. So when I'm in a bad place, one of the best things I can do is look at what I'm eating and then change it. Right. So, right. absolutely. Yeah. Now, have we talked about this? Maybe we should have talked about this before. I got to get somebody on to talk about this. Did we talk about like amino acid specific therapy? Did I talk to you about that? Mm -hmm. when... So, and I will, I'll do another podcast on it because this is, this has been very interesting to me and I don't know enough about it to speak totally to it, but I've been led to through again meeting different people for this podcast. I was led to a a, a gal who's a, a therapist, a doctor who I was connecting with for myself um, mm -hmm. to perhaps do some specific therapy. And as I shared, you know, shared my story and whatnot, 
she said, you know, we could do some inner child work. We could do some other things and things like that. But she says, you know, I'd like to talk to you about like amino acid therapy and like specific, Mm -hmm. like we love, I mean, I know I love the protein shake that I drink. There's lots of, you know, the nine essential amino acids in there. There's, you know, great nutrition in there. So that's great. But I said, but, but tell me more. And so she said, it's you take taking specific amino acids, um, it's and it's what it's doing is how she explained it to me is like it helps to balance your brain and your brain chemistry. So there are certain amino acids when you take them, they're precursors to serotonin or dopamine oh. or things like that. So I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I, I think this is could be a real help for you. And right. again, it has because it's been a help for me. And again, what I'm what she explained to me as I went through and I talked about kind of my struggles, if you will, of late and the fact that I wasn't sleeping well. And this was right after yeah. my mother, right after my mother passed. And again, I'm a happy person and all that. But, you know, there were times that I felt like, and especially after my mother passed, even though, you know, it, I was okay with that. It's still very sad. I felt sure. like there was this, you know, ball that's like dragging yeah. behind me. And I still, I was like, maybe I should get on an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I, you know, cause again, I'm trying, I'm taking more B vitamins, more fish oil. Yeah. And I'm just, looking for something that's just a little bit more. And I didn't know what it was, but again, I knew, I know that the universe brings wonderful people to me. And this gal has helped me tremendously because there is a, there's a couple of books. There's a gal named uh, Julia Ross out of California, but it's called the, one of them is the craving cure, the mood cure Mm -hmm. and the diet cure. And basically what she explained, and it's not a diet, it's not, it's an anti-diet thing. But it's yeah. what you're talking about. And that's why I feel like this maybe could help you because it's about like if we think about it, if we have a car that has an engine that's a little bit not so, you know, greased and a few screws loose and stuff like that, but we're giving it yeah. premium or, you know, premium fuel, like it's really not going to work the best. Just like us, if our brain isn't exactly balanced, we can do all the fish oils, we can do all the meditation, the mindfulness and stuff like that. But if it's not, and so what these amino acids do is give you some specifics and you do this assessment to figure out what kind of craver you are. Like when you said cravings, I'm like, because (laughs) I was finding, I was coming home from visiting my mother and I'm like, I'm just going to have a glass of wine and maybe I'll have a couple of cookies. And again, I'm a healthy person, but you know, but you're going into those, you're, going into those cravings. And then I wasn't sleeping well. And then I was waking up anxious. And then maybe I had a hot flash. I was like, what is going on? And so she said, I'd like you to try, if you're open, I'd like you to try this. And I have to tell you, it has changed things tremendously, tremendously for me. Um, And they're just, again, and everybody's different. So sometimes they're glutamine or or get about that. Yeah. And some of like the Shackley stress relief complex has theanine in it and theanine is one of them. And so I, I'm on a certain regimen, certain ones during the day and L-glutamine and tryptophan and stuff like that. And again, GABA, it's all specific to you, what your cravings are, but like, I have a better overall, I don't have that doom and gloom feeling like things still aren't like hundred percent, right? Everything's great. It's not, but I feel like I'm showing up differently. I going to sleep better. I mean, I'm excited for you because I'm glad yeah. we talked about this because right. she has a whole, again, institute, a couple of books um, that I'm starting to read about it. And I'm excited because as I help people in this wellness space that you and I are in, I mean, our cells are made of vitamins, minerals, and protein. Come on. That's what I tell yeah. people all the time. And so get started <laughs> on vitamins, minerals, and protein and remove the toxins from your environment, do the clean eating. But sometimes there's just a little bit something that's going on with those 
our cravings or something that we could yeah. balance. And that's why I'm excited about it. And I just have learned about it the last couple of months and it's working, you know? Exactly. So, that's, that's the amazing thing about science. I just yeah. love that, that we are constantly evolving and figuring it out because I mean, that's just it. That would be amazing to know what kind of amino acids would be helpful in those. And not to say that you shouldn't have a cookie or a glass of wine, you know, of course we're human. I had one like, last night. Right. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> we got to enjoy life too, but it's when you're in those funky places where you're just like, okay, something's really not right. Something's off. And so if you can find something that's healthy, that can help those levels, whatever's going on, you know, why not? Right. And that's great. Well, that yeah, because it's it's at that, I think, you, at least for me, you get to that point that you're like, oh, screw it, I'll have another glass of wine, or oh, yeah. I'll have another cookie. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> right. you know, and again, there's, I'm all about everything in moderation. But again, yeah. it's been very, yeah, and I'm the science geek. I love this science stuff. That's why I have the two books, and I'm starting to read <laughs> them and really learn about them. Because, and not that, again, I ha would say that I'm a big craver, but I was yeah. finding that there were these tendencies to when things, when I was more tired, I was going to this. And when I was more stressed, I was going to this. And yeah. even it's not always just our foods or our drink. It's sometimes the things that we do, yes, right? Like absolutely. our activities, the, are we doing too much going through Facebook or, or yeah. watching too, too much TV or like those kind of activities. Yeah. Again, I'm still learning about it. And I, obviously I have to get Rebecca Grace on here to see if she'll <laughs> let me interview her or Julia Ross. You know, she's studying with Rebecca Grace is studying with Julia Ross and I may start studying with her because I think it's so fascinating because again, <laughs> I just want to help people feel better because like I said, I'm like, I woke up today and went to go work out and she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm good. But it's like one of those, like, I slept so well, that like, you know how when you wake up and you're like, yes, I'm, I feel good, but man, I slept really hard. And I spent a long, but it's good. It's good. good. You know, no but kidding. it's been a long time since I've really had that COVID really messed me up. You know, with I mean, my for sleep. real. Yeah. <laughs> right. COVID messed right. everybody up on everybody so many up. levels. It's I not know. even, I it's know. not even. It's I mean, I laugh funny. about it, but it's really not funny. But I mean, it's, if you can't laugh about it. Yeah, I know. We can't go back, it. but you know, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about the future. Let's talk about yeah. the present, like what you're doing today. You talk about your company. Um, you shared a little bit of that with me, um, happiness uh, through grace. So, um, you know, what are you know, what are you looking to do with that? Besides you're talking about the 5k and things like yeah. that. Tell us yeah. about that. So I know it's, it's kind of a mouthful of words, happiness through grace, but, um, I, it took a long time to come up with that name actually. And I, I thought of it about five years ago, um, when I was in a really good, happy place and it was, and it's usually, I don't know, something good happens and I'm like, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. And I feel amazing. And I'm going to keep doing this. And then a depression episode comes in and then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I'm going to table that. But anyways, happiness. Um, I started with happiness because I think that the word everybody deserves to have happiness. Not all the time. Of course we have our ups and downs and everything, but, um, in order to live a happy life, I think another important piece of that is giving yourself grace. And that is finding the ability to work through whether it be childhood trauma, I'm realizing a lot of trauma that I had as a child, um, that at the time, I didn't, I didn't view it as trauma, I was just a kid, you know, doing my thing. But I've carried a lot of emotional 
baggage into my adulthood that I'm now processing and um, to give myself grace to figure that stuff out and then to do things that are beneficial to myself and to my family and to live the life that really fulfills, you know, my purpose. And so, um, so I started happiness through grace to basically talk about mental health. Um, but I wasn't really sure how to get the word out about it. And one of the things that I've really been into, especially when I have an episode is I just want I'm a tactile person. A lot of people who struggle with depression and anxiety are tactile. And so you like the co- uh, the soft blankets or really good smells or, you know, something comfy, cozy to wear. You don't want a tight tank top and feel like, you know, you're not, I don't know, like you're squeezing out of it. Um, so I was like, you know what, let's just start with apparel. Let's, so I started with apparel and I put the words, talk about it on the back. And I got a really nice logo that, um, has three colors on it because I, I am, like I said, in the 5k that I talked about a little bit earlier, people are allowed to take, pick a color from whichever way they want to support mental health. So my logo has three colors in it and it talks about, uh, basically going with the flow. It's got a wave on it and it's got a sun on it because I want people to feel happy. And, and it's kind of got a dark night on it, but because sometimes you feel dark, even though it may not be night, but it's just, you know, giving yourself the ability to find happiness by giving yourself grace. And then by talking about mental health, um, it's, it's in its kind of beginning phases. So to be quite honest with you, I, I, I'm not sure what angle it's going to go. I'm just trying to get the word out about it right now. And eventually I'd like to be able to, you know, go out and talk to groups or organizations or create more 5Ks in other cities. Or, I mean, basically the possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. I'm really open to do whatever I can to just make uh, other people know that they are not alone and that there are other people who feel the way that they do and that we can come together as a community and hopefully, you know, feel more worthy, more deserving and know that your life in this world truly matters. And I think that that's another important message. I always, one of the areas of um, age groups that I want to focus on are the younger generation because they currently, the number two cause of death for ages I I thought it was 18, but it's actually 10 to 35 is suicide. The number two cause of death. I'm like, dang, that is so sad because you don't even know what life's about when you're 10, 18, 25. I mean, when I was 25 diagnosed, I'm like, what in the world? You know, I didn't know what was to come in here. A couple of years later, I had my first kid and then I had three more. And now I have these amazing children and you know, yeah, life gets hard, but it always gets better. And I don't think that the younger, the younger people know that. And I really want to get out and talk about this stuff. And, and I know that there are a lot of older generations that don't necessarily believe that this is a thing. And so it's hard to talk about. And so that's, I just have a really big passion for, you know, getting out there and talking about it. So people don't feel alone and that they know that they're a valuable piece in this world. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, and I love that just the soft clothing, like I feel like so that they're comfortable with themselves, yeah, right? So they're comfortable yeah. in this environment of 
um, mental health or struggles or things, you know, things like that. Um, you know, you and I talked about that. I'm a sucker for branded comfortable apparel too. So, (laughs) um, you know, I'd love to do that for this podcast too, is just have, again, when you're not feeling great and you're cold and tired, like, come on, it's just so great to put some comfy sweats on and, (laughs) you know, fuzzy socks and, you know, turn the fire on and read a book or something like that. So it's great that there's nothing worse than, than putting on a scratchy shirt or when you wash it and you put it on, you're like, what? Two sizes too small. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. I have a sweater that happened this year. (laughs) I was like, what? It said I could hand wash it, you know? And now it's, now it's in the donation box. So. Like, I guess somebody else will get to enjoy it. That's right. The smaller <laughs> version. Yeah. So, well, I think that's great. I will definitely in the show notes, we'll have um, a way to connect with your company and support you as you move forward with that. And again, just give you kudos for that because there are so many, um, again, there's just, there's so many ways that we can get the word out. And, yeah. and again, why not? If you've been through this, you go through this, why not try to just uh, provide this spot? You know, I drove many years ago, I was driving by this, um, like in that we have in the town that I live in, which has now been converted to offices. And, but I don't know, I had this feeling like when I drove by about something called the present project, and this was mm. many years ago, but I was like, Oh, like, wouldn't it be great if I started like a pre- like a present project of, I haven't talked about this in a while, but um, like the, somewhat, the, the kids could come in or whoever it is, the kids, young adults could come in, again, cell phones, keys in the baskets, take your shoes off and just be present, right? right? So it could be a place that they could go cook or they could go play foosball or they could read or they could dance or whatever, you know, just be present there. Yeah. And and isn't that when we are present with somebody, isn't that a present anyway? Isn't that a oh gift gosh, when yeah. we can be present to somebody else? So it's like those, like, again, I, that I thought about that. Cause I thought, Oh, maybe it could be in a place like this, you know, and I've never done anything except for kind of table it in my mind until like right now it came yeah. out again, but, but who knows? I mean, I've talked with women about, um, and I've gotten feedback from this podcast is saying, would you do retreats? Perhaps, you know, I'd love to gather women together and um, go be in a a house by the lake and, and be present with each other and and talk and laugh and meditate and read and, you know, whatever cook or whatever the thing is to just be present with each other and to provide that sense of community. No kidding. Sense of just, and again, COVID, I was just talking about that with somebody earlier today. COVID has just taken that I think it's made me realize it even more and more people like we need that community. We really do. That's what we're craving. That's what we really need. Yes, absolutely. And then you get, then you have the cell phones on top of it and you sit there and scroll. You know, I think I posted something on Facebook the other day. I'm like having a bunch of group of people over to look, stare at their phones. Anyone want to come? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So just being present with each other is such, it makes such a difference. Yeah. Huge difference. So thank you, Jen. I know we can uh, continue to talk (laughs) a long, long time. I say that to many of my guests, but let's finish it up here. So thank you for being here today. Um, Any, I mean, you kind of were finishing up with your last words there, but any kind of last words that you'd like to share with my audience? Uh, I I guess I just really want to reiterate the fact that, you know, if you are struggling or you, or you're feeling like you are really in this dark space um, and that you don't matter in this world, I can guarantee you that you do. 
there is somebody who has seen your smile, somebody who has, you know, saw you somewhere sometime and you've made a difference in their life. So if you are struggling, I hope that you remember those words and that you will seek some help um, because there are people out there that are available for free. And actually I have a bunch of lists, a list of resources on my website. So if there's anybody that's struggling with whatever it is, if it's addiction, eating disorders, um, all, all of it, it's all right there. So. Yeah, good. And that's, yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help to call. I mean, thank God you called the crisis hotline, you know, yeah. that you were brave enough to do that because um, that's what those places are there for. Exactly. You yes. know, is to be able to reach out. So thank you for sharing about yeah. this and, you know, kind thank of you. Um, just making it a little bit more of a lighter conversation, you know, in these, because these can be dark times and um, I know they've been dark times for you. So thank you for being brave to share your story and to be here um, to help others too. And again, audience, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back again. These are important topics that we talk about. So please uh, share this podcast with others that you may uh, think may want to hear it. And again, don't be afraid to do that because that may be really what that person needs to hear. Even if you're a little afraid, like maybe, uh, but be brave enough to share because that could be the lifeline that that friend of yours needs. So again, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know, as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.